Here's to courageous pioneers who understand a legacy is multifaceted. Welcome to our Legacy Planning Podcast, a podcast for leaders and visionaries of all ages. Whether you are an independent entrepreneur or someone who is part of a family business, you too can leave something of value behind for a greater purpose. Perhaps your legacy will improve workplace cultures, seize authentic moments, or inspire others with your talent. Your host, Angelina Carlton, is the founder of Design Your Legacy, a boutique advisory firm based in Beverly Hills, California. She is a mentor and coach to leaders like you and has contributed to Alliance, a philanthropy magazine, as well as to women in family business. She has been recognized by Los Angeles Biz as an LA woman of influence, as well as by World HRD Congress for her work. Remember, you deserve great coaching because your legacy is worth completing. Good morning. My name is Angelina Carlton. I'm the founder of Legacy Planning, a boutique coaching and advisory firm based in Beverly Hills. This morning, I have the pleasure of introducing Megan Mallant. She is a licensed real estate agent, as well as a part of the Penn State family, and she works in Arizona in luxury residential real estate. She is a part of the Sabo Group at Remax Fine Properties. She works in North Scottsdale, Arizona, and has a passion for real estate. She's also played Division I hockey for one year at Indiana University and then transferred to Penn State in pursuit of a Bachelor's of Arts in the degree of Professional and Organizational Communications. Outside of work, she takes a role in being the treasurer for the Penn State Alumni Chapter of Phoenix, and in her free time, she enjoys meditation and spending time with family and friends. Welcome, Megan. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Yes, I thought it was really important to have a conversation with what I call a member of Generation Z when it comes to the world, when it comes to the word legacy and understanding what does that mean to someone that is, you know, still new into the professional world and also finding their way in this life and in the business world. Like, what does the word mean to you? And also, you know, in terms of defining, developing and executing your legacy, you know, what are those thoughts that come up? Because I think as we've talked about before, we started recording, there's a number of young adults around the world that are coming into their own, finding their place and also helping to influence what the future is going to look like for this world. So without further ado, (laughs) without further ado. Well, when I, when I hear the word legacy, I have always associated it with selflessness. And to me, that really means when I ask myself why I'm doing something or why I'm pushing myself, um, it's not for a benefit of myself. It's for the benefit of others for what I'm building. Okay. For example, if I'm feeling unmotivated one day, or if I'm a little bit scared to push myself out of the com- out of my comfort zone, being so young, okay. uh, meeting with people who are far more experienced than me, asking myself, why am I doing this? Why am I making myself so uncomfortable? It's not for me. It's to set an example for le- other people in Generation Z who may be entering an industry, any sort of business, where they, they feel intimidated and they're like, can I step ahead and do this? I kind of, I really feel a passion in me to set an example of strength and good character in everything that I do. Okay. So when it comes to building my legacy, 
it, it all turns around to that selflessness. Uh, I do this because I want to be an example for other people. I want to build something bigger than myself. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. There's a bigger purpose there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. A bigger vision. Mm-hmm. So then exactly. it, it allows you to surpass the initial insecurities or the initial excuses or, you know, what might be thrown coming at you. Go ahead. Exactly. Oh, I was just going to say, building off of that, uh, there are moments where, you know, I may feel a little bit like, can I do this myself? But then I think about, there are people behind me who are asking themselves the same question. There has to be somebody who steps into a meeting uh, scared, but uh, maybe somebody's watching who doesn't even know and they see, oh, well, she was strong and brave in moments. So I can too. Um, And it's sometimes when I hear legacy, I think of it as one one exact thing. Like what is your legacy? Are you building a specific business? But for me, it's really been building a character of strength that people want to follow, that motivate people to follow that. So being Generation Z and a young generation stepping into a a business like luxury real estate, I think it's even more of a character that that's my legacy. That's a legacy I want to build. I think that's beautiful. And I, and one of the things I've mentioned on this podcast or video series Mm -hmm. is I think that positive role models make such a huge difference because, and I I just learned this yesterday, in fact, um, like that game show and tell that we would play growing up, humans are biologically wired when they see somebody do something that they will mimic it. Like if, if a baby sees their uh, parents walk, then the baby will get up and walk. And so I, I didn't realize how much is biologically wired. I just knew that, um, you know, people watch somebody's feet, you know, more than the words that they say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Definitely. that's, a, yeah. So that's amazing. I, and I, I also appreciate the fact that a member of generation Z is thinking about their legacy, that it is something that is important to them. They're not going to just going to say, um, you know, the events of today's world are too much and I'm just going to, uh, you know, have a victim mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's easy to, in moments where you may feel defeated or you get rejected, uh, in, in business, it's easy to have a victim mentality, but when you think of it in terms of how can this work for me, how can I be stronger through this and you tie it into building a legacy, it becomes almost like a superpower. Like, okay, I'm stronger now. Let me get back up and dust myself off. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think one of the things that we've talked about before is, uh, people can have superpowers. For example, truth can be a superpower or determination, mm-hmm. those, those invisible qualities. Okay, beautiful, wonderful. Um, and something else that we've chatted about before is how much Generation Z is changing the world. And I'll give an example, and then I would love your feedback in this open mm-hmm. conversation. Um, okay. So in the luxury world, for instance, Generation Z is changing what they want from luxury brands. And they also... Um, they are the new face of luxury because they're the ones that are spending the, the dollars, they're making the purchases. And so it's a very interesting shift because they have different needs and wants. And then that shifts the rest of the industry and the ripple effect that goes out. And yet somebody could think about, oh my gosh, that individual's 21. But if there's 2 billion individuals who are 21, that changes the conversation. It changes services and products and culture and so mm-hmm. on. 
That's interesting that you say that because I was just thinking about that, having a conversation with one of my coworkers before about how educated people are going into a service department like real estate. Like we have so much knowledge available at our hands. So many people know about the real estate industry and uh, they're so knowledgeable about real estate. Some of them are like agents themselves without even knowing. They know what home values are and et cetera, et cetera. They already know the information. You can't exactly be an advisor. I mean, in some situations, it's more of a, uh, a partnership with them then, oh, I'm your agent in luxury real estate. And I think we're seeing that in every like facet in Generation Z. People have so much knowledge. Yeah. That it's, it's, um, it's kind of like a co-leadership. Like you're it's here a, to help them, but they're- It's a partnership. Exactly. They're in the driver's seat, sort of. Yeah. They're in the driver's seat and you're the passenger helping with directions is how I think about it. Which, which is interesting that, that you bring that up because I think that that also can make for a very healthy collaboration because you're right. I think that individuals today, customers and so forth, they have much more access to education and knowledge at their fingertips. And so the question then becomes, what value can you bring? And if one of the aspects of value that you can bring is supporting their goals, then they get to stay in the driver's seat and then you become the ally. Exactly. It's, it feels like, of course, I'm just stepping into real estate, but I was talking with my boss who's been in the luxury real estate market for decades. And it's definitely, he said he sees a dynamic shift. People come very knowledgeable about real estate and they're in the driver's seat and you're there to help guide them. At the end of the day, I know that we do provide a lot of value to the experience and you need a yes. realtor, but you also have to understand that people can spend hours and have so much information available to them. You have to listen to them and let them take control in Absolutely. a lot of instances. Mm-hmm. And I also want to add that I think in, in those instances, I think that a member of Generation Z can see potential blind spots and that could be a place that, that you add value. So not only mm-hmm. do you get to save them time because you're taking care of the transaction, assisting mm-hmm. them, but I think also there are going to be things you're going to see that they might not see. Exactly. Yeah. Like, exactly. oh, by the way. Yes. Yes. Because mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Because right. We can't do it all. <laughs> you can't do it all. Um, I think also helping them, uh, you know, explain to them the experience that you have, I found and putting it in a more realistic perspective, like, oh, well, this one time something like this happened when you help somebody visualize yeah. an experience, it's far more helpful than just blurting knowledge out because we all have that available to us. When you have the experience that in not just real estate, but in business in general, and you explain it in terms of um, something that literally happened, it's far more helpful. So they can be in those shoes. I found speaking yes. to people from generation C. And I, and I want to add to that, that I almost think that one of the forms of currency today is that experience that people bring in knowing how to solve mm-hmm. problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could Definitely. go on to, to Zillow.com and, and a bunch of different websites and learn the data points, but it's a whole other skill set to be able to say, you know, and this is my metaphor for like coaching related items. I walked through the forest and this is what you need to look out for. The poison ivy is on the left and watch out for the rocks on the right or, or whatever the thing is mm-hmm. for that landscape. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Zillow does bring it's, I was just having a conversation about that the other day. It does bring a lot of positives and I think it is the future of real estate. But at the end of the day, I strongly believe that you can never replace a real person in something as serious as buying a home. It's a very personal thing. It's a very emotional experience. So I think I, you know, moving forward, Zillow is the future, but we have to learn to work with that because uh, it's still the biggest financial investment someone's going to make. It's very emotional for a lot of people. So kind of finding that in between with technology moving forward. Uh, it's been interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And I almost want to say that I think a part of your legacy is going to be bringing that human or the, that humanity to the business world. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to keep on finding ways to do that. Uh, there is no exact answer that I found yet okay. because everything changes so fast, but just finding the right questions to ask and learning along the way, what the best way to move forward and balancing technology and real communication is it's going to be interesting and I'm excited. So I'm going to jump forward to a question and then I'll, I'm going to yeah. go back. So what values do you get to honor? Because one of the things that I have found is when we get to lead and lead with our values and honor our values, it changes the dynamics of what we bring to mm -hmm. the table and what we embody. Mm -hmm. I think fearlessness is a word that I kind of grew up on with my family. My dad was always saying, be fearless, be fearless. And I, I never felt truly what that meant in a business setting until I entered the luxury real estate market. Being fearless for not myself, but for other people in certain settings is a quality that I, I work to honor every day. Fearlessness and pride, um, stepping into a setting where I might be intimidated if I'm in a meeting with men who have been in the luxury market for 30 years, being fearless for the sake of the legacy that I'm building. And that I know that other people will benefit from the character that I'm building on and the legacy that I'm forming. It's seeing you do it. That I strive to honor. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's lovely. And I, I just wanted to add to that, that I think that um, it, it changes what's possible. So again, when you're stepping into that and those values, then someone else in the room can go, oh, you know, maybe I looked at her a certain way, but now she's changing that narrative. Exactly. You've said it best. And I think moving forward, I'm trying to find a way to build a platform for myself online too, so that I can reach as many people with that message. I don't know exactly what that is, if it's YouTube. Um, there's so many platforms available, but finding a way to convey that to others in the best way possible so that the message can just reach as many people as possible is, is a goal of mine. And that's why I'm glad to be here too, because anybody can listen and take inspiration at any time. Yeah, good, good. And I also just wanted to add that I think that um, there is a, an element around self-worth that I, when I see people stepping into owning their legacy or at least attempting mm -hmm. to build it the best that they can where they're at and allowing the ordinary to become extraordinary, there's, there's a piece there about self-worth that I'm, I'm worth it enough or I'm not discounting myself just mm -hmm. because, you know, I'm scared just because I didn't get outside approval. Your thoughts? 
I, I just thought of something. I was um, thinking about the other day before we, uh, when you asked me to do the podcast, it was being the youngest female in any setting is a, is a difficult dynamic to maneuver right. because you always, I just have in the back of your head, like, am I meant to be here? You know, I feel like I'm always moving out of the way in the hallway or I'm, oh, sorry. Being able to step back in those moments when I think about it, I'm like, I earned my place here. I belong here and I bring value. I'm the youngest female, but I don't have to show up like that. I can fake confidence. Yeah. So maneuvering that dynamic and holding myself um, how I want to eventually be kind of faking it, fake it till you make it. You're holding your space. You're holding your space. Yeah. You're not exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you said that, I was like, I just thought of that, how I found myself in certain settings, like moving out of the way or, you know, saying sorry too many times, uh, even if it's not exactly having to do with real estate. I'm like, I earned my space here. I'm strong. And that's built my self-confidence up is those little pep talks when I find myself uh, just blindly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, it's interesting that you bring that up because I think that's an important Mm -hmm. message. A lot of women have talked about something called the imposter syndrome. Do I deserve to be here? Am I good enough? All of those questions that come up, if there is a sense of like, what if I don't belong? If I look Mm -hmm. different than everybody else in this room, whether that's due to age or gender or race or, or whatever fill in the blank might be. Yeah. I I, found myself doing that. Yes. Yeah. And what were you going to say? Sorry. Well, there's like a, 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 (laughs) I don't know if it's a Sesame street or what it is, but there was something growing up where one of these is different, but one of these is not the same. I don't remember how the song goes, but I think sometimes we could look out and say, well, if I'm the only female here, or if I'm the only minority or the youngest person here, we almost want to like scoot back in our chair because it almost feels like, yeah, what if I'm the one that's, yeah, that doesn't look the same or something? You're, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say that I, I definitely found myself doing that in, in settings, in luxury real estate and uh, business, even school in general. And I found that visualizing myself as who I want to be one day and almost just acting as if I'm that person. Okay, how would... 40 year old Megan, who's a seasoned vet, be acting? How would she be holding herself? And almost just pretending like I'm that person, talking like that person, fake it till you make it. It's you become that it becomes ingrained in you. And that has completely changed the course of my life in a much more positive way and built my self worth without even knowing. Yes, because you're building a new muscle. Yeah, those are the words I might give, give it. Yeah. Yeah, the, like, muscle memory, sort of. Yes, yes. Because if I would say like, if like in the path to the mailbox, so if instead of like choosing the long way, you're, you're, you're setting a new like neural net path and strengthening mm-hmm. it every time you do that through the visualization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So even, mm-hmm. so it, so that saying of fake it to you, make it, it's interesting because the human brain wants to say, oh, no, you're not. But the more you do it, then that voice inside your head starts to shrink. It's, I found it so easy to, kind of change how you think and change the brain through repetition. And there's always going to be the voice in the back of your head. That's like, well, you are the youngest female, but just pushing through that and stepping into the role that you want to be and acting like that 
in every setting, it accelerates your growth almost. And it's not until you step back in conversations like these. And even for me now that's happening where I'm like, wow, that is such a powerful thing to do visualization. And it's something that you have to be very purposeful about. You have to know that you're doing it almost. Good, good. Yes, yes. I almost think that it changes the quantum field. I'm just going to go woo-woo for a second and then I'll go back to the list of questions. Let's go woo-woo. I'm, yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think it does. I think that when somebody sets an intention, I think it, it does something in the invisible that we can't see or understand in the ether, but it definitely has an effect both on ourselves and in the energy in the room. Like if you go into a room and, and I've said this before in other podcasts and videos that, and everybody's laughing, you want to laugh. Or if you go into a room and everybody's angry, all of a sudden you're angry and you don't even know why, what the vendetta is all about. Or if you go into a room and you're like, I'm holding my space, I'm holding my confidence. I'm holding that I exist and that this mm -hmm. is possible for, for somebody that is my age, my gender, my, whatever it is. I think then it also says, um, you're putting like your stake in the ground and then other people go, Oh, well, she's leading. I can just follow, you know? She's already bought into that idea. Exactly. And in those moments too, sometimes you find yourself sitting at your desk or in a meeting, in a conference, anything. And you might realize that you're like sitting like that. And it's like, okay, let me just <laughs> get myself back up. Nothing good is going to happen with my shoulders slouched and me feeling nervous because I misspoke one time. Like yeah. just take a deep breath. Because even if I was sitting like this here, my voice, I've realized my voice would probably go down. It'd be a much more awkward conversation. Whereas if I'm like, okay, let me just sit how in my head again, the version of myself that I want to be a 40 year old seasoned vet would be sitting like this. Yeah. It's very purposeful. Mm -hmm. Good, good. Yeah. You're owning your space. I love it. It's wonderful. And I think it, it also sends a message to others out there that are unsure. You know, you don't have to slouch. You don't have to be unsure. Yeah. You have a right to be here, in other words. Exactly. You belong here. Yes. Um, okay. Let me move on, move on to the second question. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so in the theme of what I might call artistic control or defining your legacy on your own terms, um, here you are entering a field with no experience, even though everybody starts somewhere at making your own way and building your own legacy. So what are some of the things that can initially go through your mind? Well, when I first, even before real estate, I've always had a mantra a mindset in my head that I want to positively impact people on a large scale. So that's always been my mindset. I've never wanted to settle for a smaller career that was um, a little bit more protected. I always had this drive in me that I, and there's nothing wrong with that, of course, but I've always I call just that had your this vision. drive in me. I'm sorry to interrupt. Exactly. Yeah. No, you're fine. Yeah. I would, I, I would almost like in defining your legacy, I was, I most, I almost would say that I think that is your vision, your concise vision. Okay. Please mm -hmm. proceed. <laughs> you're fine. I just had always had this drive in me that I want to positively impact people on a large scale. So I unknowingly in my head, I was kind of like, well, what am I going to do? And put a weird pressure on myself to figure it out, even though I was so young. Uh, but stepping into real estate then and having that same passion, like, oh, I can actually apply 
this now that I found something I'm passionate about helping people through real estate, uh, the, the luxury market. Exactly. I found my vehicle, but then I was sitting in my vehicle <laughs> and I was like, where do I go now? What do I do? What's the first step? It, I started giving myself this task list, task list in my head and stressing myself out about the details because I didn't know where to start. I didn't want to get off on the wrong foot. There's a lot of questions in my head. So that was when I first entered luxury real estate, that was kind of what was going on in my head. Just a lot of energy, but not knowing where to direct it. And I started to find that, what were you going to say? I just wanted to add, that was one of the things that we briefly talked about was um, where does somebody start? Mm-hmm. That's yeah, the keep, biggest thing for me. Keep going. Keep that was going. the biggest thing for me was where do I start? Uh, it was, it was overwhelming in the moment. Like, I don't know what the first step is. You know, obviously it's classes, but that's not. Or education. Yes, you know. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. It's, it's like a prerequisite. So I was like, where do I go from there? Am I going to do the right thing? And I started to realize I'm asking these questions to myself and I'm never going to have the answer. I don't have any experience. I need the answer from other people who I genuinely trust. And being a Penn State alum, you know, I, I was part of the Facebook group that I actually reached out to you on to learn about real estate. And that was the time in my life where I began to realize you, you need other people's experience. We are so, we help each other so much that we need our own experience and somebody who genuinely just wants to help others and listen to them and ask questions and take inspired action from there. So I'd say that the first thing in my head that I realized I needed to do was surround myself with a circle of like, like-minded individuals who, who were there to answer my questions. And then I can take inspired action from there their, their responses. Yeah. Yeah, And, and who have your best interest at heart. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, That, that don't see you as competition, for instance. Yeah. That's number one. It has to be people who genuinely just want to help you. And I think, you know, that when you, you know, you reach out to someone. Yeah. I remember when I first started, this would would have been um, back in 2000. I had a mentor. He's passed away now, George Didion. And he had been a banker in real estate and a developer and a lot of different hats. And and I remember, I'll just share this quickly. One of the talk about real life experiences. One of the things I remember he said to me being like, I don't know, 21, 22, something years old. um, (laughs) He had said, there are going to be sometimes guys who will be attracted to you, but you can't get mad at them. They can't help it. So on those types of site visits or inspections, I'm going to go, you stay here. And so, yeah. And in, in other words, as much as we want to think that education can make a difference, sometimes in human relationships, there's going to be moments where, you know, it's not like, you know, like you, you, you tag team with your partner or your associates in the group and you send somebody else in so that it doesn't, you know, somebody doesn't feel rejected or, or, you know, in, in order to maintain the relationships. Yeah. It's so mental that sometimes you just need someone who's been there who genuinely just wants to share their knowledge like you and their experience. And you just want to hear from them on a personable level. There's a lot where, you know, you pay for a coach or a mentor and, and, or you pay for uh, a real estate coaching course is what I mean. And I think that those are great, but having somebody just genuinely be like, I've been there. Let's talk about it. It's so amazing. Yeah. And sometimes you can't get that from a book because the book is talking about definitions and 
case studies and so forth, but it might not be like the actual, you know, being out in the field or what I call like mm-hmm. when, when the CEO walks the floor, those are lessons in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's what, not to trail off, but I, we had that exact conversation one time where when I was first, I talked to you and I was just explaining how excited I am to get into it. And, oh, I've been reading all these books and everything, which is great. But you were like, Megan, the only experience, the best experience that you're going to get is through other people. So challenge yourself to reach out to other people and sit down and have conversations with them. And one of those conversations, uh, you know, a domino effect led me to where I am now. Yeah. So that was I a remember huge that for me. Yeah. You do? I, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I, I, <laughs> I had challenged you to have three coffee meetings with new people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think that I would be here where I am now without one of those like domino effect kind of things. So, and it's, it doesn't always have to lead to an opportunity, like just hearing knowledge and experience can be so valuable that it changes the course of your life um, or your mindset. But it just goes to show how true that is that sometimes we unknowingly protect ourselves through just staying in and learning. Yes. I think that I was doing that a little bit. Um, so that was a big, that was a big moment for me. Yeah. I think that that is a, a really good insight that um, there's something valuable about that face-to-face time when um, you can open new doors, create new relationships and um, just absolutely create new allies. Cause you know, we don't know the uh, knowledge that that individual has who they might know or what they might need in creating that type of synergy. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Um, any other thoughts? And then I'm, I'm going to move on to the next question. I think that just about covered it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to um, say that. I think that when anybody first starts, there is that question around trust. Who can I trust? But also, can I trust myself that I can do this compared to just staying mm-hmm. on the sidelines? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, when you don't have parents too, that are in the industry, there's a lot of doubt when you don't see how things unfold. You yeah. almost built it up to be something that doesn't belong to you. So uh, that first step, I think, is the most is what I found to be the most difficult because it, that's how you start. And until you start, you can't see the next obstacle. Yes. No. Mm-hmm. And I and I want to add to that before we go on to the next question. You're absolutely Please. right. I remember when I first started, uh, you know, 20 years ago. I remember watching. George Didion, and he would answer his fax machine. And that was when faxes were, you know, the paper kind. (laughs) And I'd watch him take the phone calls and I'd watch the orders come in and I'd watch, you know, him write down data and numbers within this notebook. And I'd never seen anybody do that before. Yeah. It's just, it's the day-to-day operations. And if you've never seen that in action, it's a whole new experience. But then once you see mm-hmm. it, 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 it like settles in you and you go, oh, okay, that's, that's how it works. That's how the, once you're able to humanize it sort of yes. it becomes a different ball game for it, sure. It's not so far away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When it's in front of your eyes, it's, it's a little bit more reachable. Yeah. You're like, I can do this. Another human. I see another human doing it. Yeah. It's a different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who were your positive role models growing up? And where does your ambition and eagerness come from? Growing up, I mean, I was so lucky to just have a a tight-knit family dynamic where I don't think I was ever boxed in growing up. Mm. I don't think I was ever given a course. It was always, what do you want to do? And 
work to be the best at it? How can we help you? So, and when it comes to ambition and eagerness, I, my dad automatically comes to mind. Uh, he was a teacher growing up. And um, when I grew up, he was a teacher and I would always help him with his lesson plans. And he would always be working so hard to make it more creative. He would always be thinking of how the student would feel with a certain task. He was, he was such an amazing teacher and his students loved him. And he was like a, a superstar to me. Like he still is. He was like a celebrity to me with how he cared. Um, he did. He cared so much. He would always step into his students' shoes and want to make it more fun and more, more easy to Aging. learn for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A value he of always, love. Exactly. Exactly. He would always live by the motto. And I still repeat it to myself today. We never take shortcuts. Always strive to be creative. And I repeat that to myself now. So that creativity and that ambition to help others through your work, no matter what it is, it is so important when you're working with other people. Yeah. That has had the biggest impact on me for sure. Cool. That's, that's beautiful. I hope your dad knows that. I'll share this with him. I think he would love to hear. (laughs) I tell him it a lot, but you know. I definitely will share this with them because it's, it's had such a big impact on me. Good, good. Okay. In developing your legacy now, starting out, uh, what are some of the obstacles that you have faced and how did you overcome them? I think circling back to being the youngest female in the setting, having that, can I do this in the back of your head when you've already started has been the biggest obstacle. Right. Uh, learning how to speak up and ask questions. I think a lot of times, I don't know if it's just my generation, but uh, people in general confuse asking questions with sounding uh, insecure or unknowledgeable. Okay. Learning how to formulate a question and speak it with confidence and thank them for that question instead of apologize for asking. Oh yeah. It's been an obstacle for me. I found that if I mess up, I'm always, Oh, sorry. If somebody explains something to me, learning to be like, thank you for explaining that. That was an obstacle. Um, and that was kind of stemmed from a little bit of insecurity stepping into it. Uh, learning how to say, like we talked about before, I belong here and speak with that confidence has been the biggest obstacle. Yeah. Mm-hmm, not apologizing. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge thing, especially for women. They they'll say, I'm sorry, as a social thing, you know, and I'm not sure mm-hmm. if, if, if it's, there's still that social expectation, at least in America, uh, to be demure, supportive and helpful. And so then there's that, well, I'm, I'm sorry. I stepped out of the box. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I was the taller blade of grass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I read something the other day and It was just forming each, and it was something that I was unknowingly doing, forming each apology into a thank you. Yes. Thank you for explaining that. Thank you for doing that. I really appreciate that. I learned this from that. Thank you. Next time I'll do it this way. I appreciate that. Trying to create that habit in my brain has turned an insecurity into, again, like a superpower for me. Yeah. It's the, it's, I call it like the energetic alchemy. It's transforming the, I'm sorry, I'm late to thank you for your patience. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, there are times where I have to, you know what I mean? You do need an I'm sorry, but most of the time. Yeah. Well, well I think what, what you're speaking to is that obstacle of um, 
this idea that you have to be perfect. So I'm sorry that I didn't have the answer. Yeah, but you're not expected to have the answer. But there's this pressure that we can put on ourselves and others can also put on us because of how critical some people can be these days. Mm -hmm. And even stepping back and being like, did I really do anything wrong to apologize for? Or did I just need to learn from that? Okay, so let me thank them for that. <laughs> it's been interesting. I'm still doing it. I'm still in the process of it. And I'm, I'm excited to see how I grow from that too. Yeah, and I just want to acknowledge you for a moment regarding the work you're doing in your internal landscape. There's something called executive presence. And that is, I think, what you're kind of referring to right now. It's the, how do I come across? How do I hold myself? But there's also that internal conversation that needs to have, that needs to happen so that, um, that you're not just, or people are just not projecting out like and being a great actress, but the inside isn't at peace. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. exciting to see transformation happen from that too. And we're happiest mm -hmm. when we're Thank growing. You. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Um, so do you think you were prepared properly uh, for what the real world is like, including the, the real estate world, uh, the real world of life and business? In an administrative sense, not really. Uh, I grew up in, my parents were both in education. So it's a whole different way of not just finances, but how you look at the world, uh, being employed versus being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Uh, school doesn't, school doesn't, I found at least my school was great, but it, it never prepared you for being an entrepreneur emotionally playing field hockey in college was great prep for me. Uh, I think I, you know, I learned how to have a short attention span when it came to feeling embarrassed or flustered. Okay. You kind of just have to take a deep breath and just, you know, forget that that happened for a moment and keep moving forward and get back but out in the field. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Administratively. It's like, okay, you know, I'm so young. I'm like taxes this, that. I'm like, okay, I didn't know all this before going into everything, but uh, I felt prepared a good, in a good sense emotionally, but I know that I'm, I'm in this space to learn too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It does. Yeah. So what would you say um, in, in terms of the role of self-care and or spirituality, how have those two tools or areas been able to assist you um, during the good days, the tough days, the, the, the learning days. It's been everything. I think that with, without that, I don't even know if I'd be sitting here having this conversation with you. My spirituality and my meditation and, and practices that, I, that I've put into my everyday life, it's like, oh no, I have to do that because that is what, how I grow. I meditate every morning and every night. And then the first thing I do in the morning is I say affirmations. I've, I, you have to kind of rewire your brain when you're so jaded from social media and everything. Or from to, anything. Yeah. 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 From anything, from anything. Yeah. Um, my spirituality, you know, I started meditating when I was like seven years old was when I first started meditating. And I've really only, it's been a habit of mine for like four years now, every day since I've been in high school. And it's amazing how recharged you are when you just have a moment to breathe and listen to your body and be guided, you know, through life just with your intuition. 
I think that it's hard to be intuitive when you're so stimulated by work and your phone constantly that taking that moment with, um, even if it's not spirituality, religion, whatever it may be for some people, having a moment where you speak and spend time with something bigger than yourself. Yeah. It's been everything. Okay. And any, um, self-care tips that have been, um, instrumental in keeping the momentum going, you know, Mm-hmm. I do. Yes. I think that everybody should be doing affirmations in the morning. It's okay. so it has changed. And that's actually something that I've only been, um, implementing in my daily schedule the past six months is looking in the mirror and doing my affirmations every morning. I think having a morning and night routine really helps you be calm okay. and it it puts you into the right mind frame. When you wake up in the morning, you know what you're going to do. And then you start your day. There's a lot centered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, conflicting or how do you say it? Like so much goes on through the day. That's going to conflict with how you want to feel. Yeah. Having that time where you set forward in the day for me, it's affirmations and meditation. I would really recommend that that's worked for me and a walk a walk alone, like around the block or anything, um, having those moments where you realign yourself before the world tries to realign you is huge. Yes. I love that you just said that. And I also want to thank you for the bracelet. Yes. Oh my gosh. I was looking for a second. I was like, I love that you have that on. That means so much to me. I remember buying it like, oh my gosh, the girl was just like, it was at a store, a meditation, at, yoga a store. meditation yeah. store. Exactly. And the, I saw this bracelet and she saw me looking at it and she was like, that protects you in, in business and in business deals and, um, keeps you grounded and it's for work. And a lot of business people have this bracelet. And I just thought of the conversations that we had and how much of an impact you've had on me, um, emotionally, uh, and in every facet of real estate. Um, and I was like, I need to get that for Angelina. I was so excited to send it to you. I remember. And I wrote Beverly Hills on the little envelope. Like, Here it goes. Well, I just, I, I remember how much of a difference it made in, in the first decade of uh, after college being in the professional world that uh, there were mentors that just delivered the truth. And it was life-changing because a lot of the times like you're referring to I had sat in rooms where people were twice my age and yeah Mm -hmm. and I didn't always know the rules of the game Mm -hmm. yeah and I think that I I appreciate your our conversation so much because there are times where everybody they speak to someone and they really want to hear something I you know you want to hear what you want to hear and having somebody you know, who believes in you, but it's just going to tell you, uh, honest opinions and not exactly what you want to hear. Everybody wants to hear that their goals are going to just happen for them and that, Oh, you're on the right track. Hearing to slow down a little bit is so, so important to have from a mentor. I think learning, having somebody reroute you and not just be a yes man is very important. And to tell you the things in the landscape that you might not see. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because I think a lot of times people expect us to see everything in the landscape and we miss things because we just might be naive or we don't know yet or, you know, whatever the blind spots are. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Whose legacies have inspired you? Is there anyone historically or that is, you know, today, any, or celebrities? I mean, we always, sometimes we discount celebrities, but there's also good qualities to celebrities. So is there, is there anyone? I'll give two, one, one that I know personally and one, um, I guess, celebrity, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She really has inspired me with uh, just how driven on passion she was. I think I was watching one thing where she would stay up so late and then she would just go to work. And at that point you realize, you know, she's had so much success. She's not doing this for herself. Nobody pushes themselves um, at such a level and is such a trailblazer that they're just doing things for themselves. Seeing that she wants to leave something for other people, for other women specifically, especially that that's like who I think of if I'm a little bit tired or unmotivated thinking like, okay, you can push forward for other people. There's a moment to rest, but there's a lot of moments where you need to just push forward and realize why you're doing something. So that's kind of my celebrity legacy. Okay. okay. Personally, personally, my boss, Joseph Sabo, he has been huge in, in inspiring me um, to leave a legacy through real estate. He, he originally was uh, in the car business for, he was a, he ran dealerships for like 30 years, okay. retired, and then went into real estate. Self-made. He is. Exactly. Exactly. He actually, interestingly, he was telling me that when he first moved to America, he sold his first car and he could barely speak English. He didn't even know the alphabet. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. determination right there. Mm -hmm. He didn't even know the alphabet. He didn't know anything and he had to get it all taught to himself. And he became, I mean, he was, he's amazing. And he just selflessly wants to help me and we have a small team and that's how he likes it because he wants to have a big impact on me and my coworkers' lives. Um, and he just shares his experiences and will stay later helping us understand contracts or how to protect ourselves in business settings so much that it's, again, it's like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. It's that selflessness that you see where it's like, this person doesn't need to be doing this. They genuinely want to build something. They want to build a better world. So those are my two. Those are my two. Lovely. Okay, cool. Um, How does defining, and I think this is especially important for young people, but it can be also uh, for anyone of of any age, because obviously when I look out into the world, I do see people that are just completely aligned with their purpose. And that's a a wonderful thing, but I also can see it when people get lost. Um, So how does defining, developing, and executing your legacy add to your identity, your sense of self? I've been the lost one and I'm finally feeling like I'm on the path that I want to be on. But I think learning that if you are moving forward every day and you're doing something every day to, you know, build towards a better you, you don't have to feel like you're on the perfect path every time. Like everything will work out. Doing, speaking to other people, working, whatever it may be, through just wanting to positively impact others has built on my pride. So I think holding myself um, in a way that I care about how others view me, I care about how I come out to others, how I, how others perceive me so that they can 
that I can better other people. That pride that I have okay. has been a huge trait, if that makes sense. Um, I might say it's, it's increased your self-worth. Yes, that's the word I was looking for. Um, yeah, it, it, it's interesting because I'm thinking now about how how I used to be down on myself when I felt lost and what is it even really being lost? Um, you know, I, everything happens for a reason. And I think that the trait of letting myself be guided, but working towards bettering myself has been something that's really grown for me. Yeah. And there's also something about what I call the reason to wake up each morning. And mm-hmm. if it's, it's a little reason, that's okay. And if it's a big reason, it's more reason to wake up in the mornings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. it, it's that excitement to jump out of bed and take on the day. And, and even it's like, so when, important to have. Yeah. And even when we've talked about like the concept of exhaustion, it's one thing if you're tired and you have like, um, you know, a not so great day, but if you're exhausted, cause you just like did amazing that day, that that's a whole other, like, I'm glad to be alive. Like, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I'm, fully. I'm yeah. like, I'm awesome. I'm yeah. like thinking about, you know, you feel the growth happening. Yeah. It's the best feeling. Yeah. Cool. Okay. What is your message to others? If there is any message, um, if they ever find themselves discounting themselves with their legacy's potential or their own potential. And obviously I'm speaking about legacy and the concept of values and purpose compared to uh, harder assets of you know, assets of portfolios and financial accounts. Yeah. I'll give two things. Um, One is that the world and the universe is always working for you. Even if it may feel like a negative situation, having that mindset of finding the silver lining sort of, and how can this strengthen me? How can this make me better? Having that, um, frame of mind where you're knowing that this is going to benefit you, even though it may seem negative in the moment is huge because that that's personally kept me going forward because I'm like, okay, wait, this is going to help me. So almost sometimes having to trick yourself into being like, wait, there's a silver lining to this. Even if I don't see it now, I would say that that that's been huge for me. If somebody is trying to find a way to uh, be positive and stay strong and not discount during like a business endeavor. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. To not count themselves out, out, um, in the cycle of self-blame. Exactly. Exactly. Thinking that, you know, this is building a better me. And then the second one. So when they're in complete pain, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, (laughs) no, I think it's great. (laughs) <laughs> when you're on the ground, just not wanting to keep going, just know that this is for the best. <laughs> I, no, I think it's wonderful because those are the, the, what I call like the ice cream on the kitchen floor moments. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And sometimes it's like, you just have to laugh it off and be like, okay, let's just keep moving forward. <laughs> oh gosh. I'm going to laugh about that the next time I drop something on the floor. Silver lining. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the next thing then would just having that mentality of like, nobody is going to stop me, that determination after you, uh, if you feel like you've been rejected or whatever it may be, that feels negative, just dusting yourself off and being like, I'm moving forward, no matter what, just having that in your head, no matter what I'm moving forward is huge. That just has to be the mindset you have. I think like, no matter what it's, it's not, I'm not stopping no matter what. 
Yeah, I might forward. almost uh, add the language to that is like, it's almost like a shield that's up and you won't be infected by the other party's energy. Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes you feel, you do feel infected at times and then you have to learn how you protect yourself the next time that yeah, that's theirs kind of a rare. <laughs> yeah. exactly that's, that's theirs not no, I don't want that I don't want that not in my energy field yeah you can keep that gift <laughs> yeah, I'm good um and last question um uh, how significant does leadership play a role in your goals versus being a follower because I know it's very easy when we look out into the world to just be a follower I think doing everything with love and positivity and having pure intentions automatically makes you a leader because that's what as humans we're attracted to. I think that being positive and doing things for your highest good and the best of other people will automatically attract people to follow you. So I do want to be a leader, but I can't force that. I have to do my very best and with love and positive intentions and hold my own. And then I know that I've seen it with other people, people follow that. And I want people to, because I, I genuinely want to have a positive impact on the world. And that, love that is answers con- your question. It does. And that love is contagious. And I might call that servant leadership because you're in service to others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Building their mm-hmm. dreams, building them up and enabling them and encouraging them. Yeah. And while I, while I'm thinking of that, I just, I also not even in real estate, but something that's really big for me is like being kind to others. Um, so if I'm, if I notice that people are behind me at a store and checking out or something, having that like, okay, let me go out of my way to be like kind and ask somebody how their day is and really spread that love and positivity. Yeah. You can do it at any point. So spreading kindness and having people uh, feed off of that who might be hearing at any point is huge for me too yeah because it shifts again it shifts the energy in the room even if it's the grocery store line mm-hmm. it makes such a big difference and you don't realize until you're the one receiving it sometimes yeah mm-hmm. I want to just uh, before I, I, I close our conversation I just wanted to add that I you know one of the questions that's really powerful to ask is to somebody I mean obviously you have to have enough rapport with them but is to ask them you know what their legacy is because it's so easy as I've mentioned before in podcasts to just go back to asking about the new sports and weather. But if you ask somebody, you know, what type of legacy would you like to create? It's also sending a message that their legacy matters, that they can do it. It's not just for, um, you know, the perfect people or, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And it's, I just wanted to add, I found that it doesn't have to be so you don't have to have an exact specific answer, but if it's just, I just want to spread love and I don't know exactly how I'm going to do that yet. You're already on the right path, I believe. So thank you for saying that. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, thank you, Megan, so much for having this dialogue today as a member of Generation Z. And um, I just love the fact that that uh, that your legacy right now, or what I might call your legacy vision, is knowing that you want to have a positive effect on other people. I think that in and of itself is um, a light in the dark. It's a 
kind of like holding a torch and walking forward. And I just think that that high vibration of love will open doors and make you magnetic with finding the, the, the right people and just continuing the momentum that you've already started. And, and a vehicle, if, if the real estate let me go back a second. If the, if the vehicle is real estate for your legacy, then, then you're going to bless a lot of people with the humanity that you will bring. Because like you mentioned before, technology can help um, with the, those shortcuts and the convenience, but there's also the human touch that can come with having somebody walk through that transaction because it is a huge decision, whether it's somebody's first property or their 10th. Um, or they're relocating because of circumstances, you know, beyond their control, it helps to have somebody that that's there. Yes, I'm excited. Uh, thank you for saying that. I'm grateful to be on the journey. And I'm excited to see uh, how I can grow and how other people can grow through it. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And thank you for being a positive role model. Thank you so much. Same to you. Okay. <laughs> Same All right. to you. So um, please uh, check out our podcast. And if you like the content of this video, please like and subscribe. And we look forward to connecting again next week. Thank you so much, Megan. Bye. Thank you.